It's Under the Dome Radio, the full discussion and fan feedback show for Season 3, Episode 9, entitled Plan B, recorded August 14th, 2015. Is this thing on? Just kidding. Thanks for listening to Under the Dome Radio. It's the unofficial podcast by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome. And this is episode 66 of Under the Dome Radio. We've got the blog post with the show notes at underthedomeradio.com slash 66. And if you'd like to leave your feedback, we'd love to hear it. Just visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback and all the details are right there. We are sponsored by lynda.com. Get yourself a 10-day free trial and learn something new. Just visit lynda.com slash dome for all the details. And Under the Dome Radio is a very proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Check out our other podcasts that will make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. I'm at Wayne Henderson, your voice acting, podcasting Green Bay Packers fan. And if I could just get my TARDIS and my sonic screwdriver repaired, whoo. And I'm Troy Heinrichs. I don't know why everybody thinks you're such a giant tool, Wayne. You seem pretty okay to me. <laughs> I didn't know that's what they were saying. I'm a tool. Oh, uh, that was Big Jim's word of the week, I believe. Yes, it was. Actually, Hunter. Hunter said that to Big Jim, and we'll get to that more in our Big Jim Quippy Liners. It's the best part of the show now. Everybody loves it. But before we get there, we got some other stuff to do first. Do we not, Sir Wayne? We do. As a matter of fact, we're going to start off like we like to do with breaking news. That's dome-related news. We got ratings, maybe some updates and some other stuff. Then requests and dedications. That's where we kind of close the loop on last week's episode. If there's any feedback that came in late or anything to do with the Under the Dome uh, Quippy Liner of the Week, things like that, we will touch on there. Then, rhyming with On the Air, going to talk about what we found interesting about the most recent episode of Under the Dome. Then, things are heating up on location. Wait till you hear it this week. This is where we chat with you, the diehard fans of Under the Dome. We've got your listener voicemails, your feedback, and like I said, stay tuned for it. It's going to blow your mind this week. Then we wrap up with an investigative report. We got details on next week's episode. It'll be a little spoilery, but at this point, we're going to just keep things rolling. Shall we, Troy? We absolutely shall. Let's break it down with this week's breaking news. And boy, howdy, do we have some because during the summer, the big wigs from the big networks come out and talk to the media during what's kind of known as the TCA Summer Press Tour. And this year for CBS, we were able to hear from CBS chairman herself. That's right, Nina Tassler, who did not confirm a season four of Under the Dome. But if you read through the lines, be ready, folks. Expect a new season next summer. She stated one of the things that's really key about our schedule and the key moving forward is our ownership position in many of the primetime shows, both fall shows and our returning shows, which certainly puts us at an advantage. This was a comment in response to how CBS deals with declining TV ratings. She continued, there isn't a set equation except that the fact that the ownership puts us in a real prime position in terms of monetizing across the board. It allows us to explore other platforms. And this is because CBS has 100% ownership of all of its original scripted summer series. So that means no other network actually produces content for CBS. They're trying to make sure it's all CBS television studio content versus Sony or Warner Brothers or something else. 
And because they have 100% ownership in all of their summer programs, Tassler stated that we make money from these shows regardless of ratings. Referring to the streaming deals modestly rated under the dome, Extent and Zoo all have in place with one Amazon itself. Then she also stated, no decisions have been made yet on whether the current third season of Under the Dome would be their final one. We will wait until the end of the summer to make a decision on Under the Dome and Extent. Then she dropped the most mega spoiler of all time. She gave away exactly what happens in the season three finale. But because it's a spoiler, we can't share it here. You're going to need to stick around to the end of the investigative reporting segment later in the show to find out what she said. That's very interesting that she let out what she let out. It makes you think they should just take these final episodes and show them all at once on some Thursday night and just reel them all off. And it's kind of disturbing talking about we make money from these shows, you know, regardless of ratings. Uh, If only they'd focus on something else. But anyway, we still care about the ratings, Sir Troy, because those are the diehards, the ones that tweet with us at UTD Radio Podcast and the ones who get their feedback in and watch our reaction cast episodes. So with that, let's see how Plan B did last night. And as you said, Troy, what a difference a day makes. A 1.4 with a five share in that 18 to 49 demo and 5.69 million viewers. At first I thought it was 5.69 viewers, but then I thought, no, we've already got more voicemails than that. So 5.69 million viewers. We also have the DVR numbers that have been added in for caged, which brought in an 80% bump in the 18 to 49. That's a 1.0 up to a 1.8 and it gained 2.88 million viewers to bring its total to 7.5 million viewers. What say you, Sir Troy? Well, I'm really shocked that, and I don't know if this was because of there was some football stuff going on on Thursday night. I know our Packers were playing on NFL Network. I know the Bears were playing also. Uh, and then whoever those teams they were playing against, because they both lost, so it doesn't really matter who they were. But uh, Central Division, or Norris Division, whatever you want to call it, is uh, is definitely off to a good preseason start. And maybe some of those games contributed to these ratings with the overrun of timeage and everything else because I can't believe that we went from a 3.8 million viewer take last week and jumped all the way to a 5.69 in just one week because you would assume after last week's horror show we'll call it (laughs) that the numbers would have gone down right and instead way way up way way up I wonder if maybe there's a glitch in the system and it was actually registering I believe on CBS a lot of people saw the Chargers Cowboys preseason game and maybe they accidentally credited those views to under the dome I don't know Chargers and Cowboys I think people would rather watch dome (laughs) oh my (laughs) Uh, well said what's next Troy oh yeah and then I I, so basically we've been doing the DVR numbers all year and I I think we've been hovering in about that seven and a half to eight and a half million space so eight million people watching it still isn't nothing to sneeze at especially for a summer program uh, yes, that's true. True, true. All right. Well, we're going to skip over the um, requests and dedications this week because there just wasn't much going on because this episode was actually better and because last week really didn't have much love from either of us or many of the fans for that matter. Uh, there wasn't anything to talk about. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it this week and let's go on the air. 
as we go on the air, it's, of course, the best segment of the show where I get to run down exactly what happened on Thursday night on CBS. And this week in particular was very interesting because it was all about we have to save Babs. Babs, Barbie, come back to us, please. Julia loves you. And so they set out on a mission in order to figure out a way to bring Barbie back to the side of the rebels versus the dark side. We'll go with a Star Wars theme this week. Okay. And while they're doing that, we have the emperor sitting in his throne trying to basically undo all of the things that they're trying to do over in the mill because she's feeling pain in her stomach. And oh my gosh, I swear to God, she passed a stone. <laughs> right out of her stomach. It, it, that's what it looked like to me. She had a wound and then boom, there's a purple rock in her hand. And I don't know where that rock came from, but it sure looked like she passed it right out of her stomach. Uh, that's what it appeared to be on this end as well. Although we did not have to actually see the goriness happen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But the stone apparently is a baby monitor in the sense, not that the baby's actually calling to it. It's actually a baby monitor to tell you that you are pregnant. Imagine a test where you can just hover a crystal over your tummy to tell you what's going on in the oven. And, and even let you know that it's a girl. That's true. That's right. They did mention that it was a queen. Queen. Very, very important for this episode this week. Um, so basically, we know that Ava's pregnant. We also know that Christine isn't feeling so well because every time she like thinks about the dome and every time the baby gets stronger, bigger, faster, whatever... Uh, then you, all of a sudden, Christine weakens. So apparently, you can only have one queen at a time. So as the baby is going to come, Christine shall fade away, and Wayne will get his wish that Christine will be off the show. <laughs> then, on the other side of town, we have a hunter. He's trying to crack open the uh, the recorder so that he can get information off of it. The, the kids are actually trying to figure out what the schematic actually means, even though they treated it so poorly by throwing it in the ground and stomping on it last week. They're still very curious, so Big Jim tells them to go to the library and find a book and figure out what's going on. And while they're doing that, then we have big Jim and Hunter last week. They had a very tender moment about watching his dog and feeding his dog. And this week they share another kind of bonding thing, almost like their father and son. And then as we go through the episode, they finally do lure Barbie over and Julia sticks him with a needle in the back of his neck. I thought maybe paralyzing him for a minute and really cheering because then that would have appeased Wayne also. But then they actually bring him back to a cabin. They interrogate him 24 style. So if you thought the 24 mantras were gone with the time clocks a few weeks ago, 24 is back because boom, Big Jim comes out with a gun and a car battery so that they can charge Barbie with. It was awesome to watch um, because not only did Big Jim do it, Julia did it also. She was actually able to go through with the deed in order to shock Barbie's craziness out of him which didn't actually happen until the very end of the episode when all of a sudden we find out that Julia and Barbie do love each other after all and they kiss. Oh, it's so romantic. In the meanwhile, we find Sam is actually trying to save Joe and Nori from the school. Sam walks by a mirror and guess what? This time they show it and he's an alien. And because I of, am. No, really. And because he's an alien, he double crosses the kids, smacks Joe over the head, kidnaps him, and now Nori's like, oh my god, he's gone, what am I going to do? And so that's the end of Under the Dome, Plan B, and the war is on in full effect. Because we're not going to talk about the creepy girls in white until later on in this episode. Oh my. That brings a question to mind, though. Okay, what's your question? Es Joe en el biblioteca? Uh, Joe is in el biblioteca. That's all I wanted to know. 
that recap sounded a lot more exciting than the episode. And I like how you brought up there were a few things that I thought maybe, maybe, may no. No. Denied again. Denied again. Oh, well. But some very interesting things, right? So I, I really like the Big Jim and Hunter conversations. I mean, it seems like these two are bonding. And I, I almost like Big Jim trying to be kind of fatherly to Hunter, even though Big Jim was never really fatherly to Junior. What do you think of that? Well, although I've called for Hunter's uh, demise a few times on the podcast. I believe Hunter called for his own demise. He point. did do. He even did that as well. And you put that all together. He is more likable than Junior. He's got that. That's right. And he's actually contributing to the new kinship. <laughs> if and do, what, what do we call him? The old kinship and the new kinship? Or do we call him uh, uh, kinship east and kinship west? I believe there's a song that says meet the new kinship. Same as the old kinship. Bah. That's true. That's true. But I'm just glad that when Hunter was able to crack open the, the Edderall recorder that he was able to find the recording and rewind it. Yes. <laughs> Very important to rewind. Be kind. Uh, and of course, he found out on that recording that he, they're basically giving like a journal like you'd give to your newborn baby that's in your tummy still, except that mommy's not giving the journal. Christine is giving the journal. This is so important for you to know because your parents will raise you to be the glorious queen of all time. And I could just see that uh, girl once this uh, space creature baby star child is born and says, nah, no, thanks. I don't want the job. Now. Of course, we knew Sam was going to be bad, right? I mean, there was hope that he wasn't yeah. going to be, but when you get the queen alien's blood into your body, that's a no-brainer that you're going to be turning over to the dark side. It was destined to happen ever since the whole thing with uh, his girlfriend and the drowning and all that and other nonsense that seems so very long ago. Uh, you know that Sam was not uh, strong-willed enough to avoid this nonsense. Oh, that's for sure. That is for sure. So Sam has got Joe kidnapped. We don't know where. We assume somewhere within the kinship, maybe in town hall even. Do you think that Joe is going to be able to escape or will we get, are we going to see Nori actually come to his rescue? Uh, let's say Nori comes to his rescue after she fixes the, the broken wooden uh, furniture that was knocked over. Uh, she'll fix that, glue that back together, let that dry, and then rescue Joe herself. Oh, maybe that could be the distraction technique. Hey, kinship, I got some work you need to do. I got some furniture that needs fixing. And then she can go save Joe. Something like that. Exactly what I was thinking. Egg. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Ping. Eggtastic. Uh, awesome. Uh, let's see. What else do we want to talk about here? Um, of course, the, the big scene, Barbie, Julia. Were you impressed with Julia's performance, R Rochelle's performance this week? How did you think? Like Her character's really grown a lot on me this season. Um, I don't know if I'd say impressed. It, there was a, an episode or two ago where I thought her acting, uh, she really was top notch, but this was better than she was in season one and two. That's for sure. Okay, good. So you, you, you say improvement throughout yes, the three seasons. I definitely, I cannot believe what they have done to us, having us kind of rooting a bit for Julia and a lot for big Jim, considering what we were thinking back in season one. I know, back when it was uh, all fun and games with Barbie and Angie and the junior think they were sleeping together. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Times long ago. Three whole weeks under the dome. Do you remember when it, it used to be frozen? <laughs> I, I do remember that, but guess what? I let it go. 
Oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, so Barbie and Julia, that's where we were. We we're talking about them and the kiss. You know, good. Do you like the writing of it? Do you like the timing of it? I mean, he he's got the gun pointed at her head. So I guess the question I still have is what actually breaks you free from the kinship? I don't know about that whole scene. And we have a listener voicemail later on that shares my sentiments exactly. So I won't go into them here. But I did want to bring up an interesting point in that. And of course, we have to take some things at face value and everybody could be lying to us on the show. So we don't know for sure. But on the surface, it looks like Barbie and Julia are back together again. However, Ava is still pregnant with allegedly Barbie's baby. This is true. Allegedly, because you never know. That baby could have been in her body all along because when she took that pregnancy test, it was negative, but that's because it's an alien baby, not a human baby. Or if they borrow anything that might have happened uh, somewhere in another Stephen King book series, maybe it's actually Junior's baby that he transferred to Christine and then somehow she passed it on to Ava and uh, you never know. Anything's possible, but sometimes the simplest answer is the best answer. And maybe Ava is pregnant with Barbie's baby, which is going to make Julia's uh, newfound romance with Barbie complicated, to say the least. Now, that's an interesting observation, because if you think about it, that scene in the Dark Tower where the baby transfer happens via mind meld is exactly what could have happened while they were in the cocoons. And the pulsing energy of the amniotic fluid and everything was going on just before they escaped as the egg was powering everything up, it could be that the baby transferred from Christine to Ava directly. Nothing at all would ever surprise me. And I think that show. I think that would actually be cool because then it would tie directly into a Stephen King novel. It'd be nice if they'd tie some things in from that Stephen King novel under the dome. But <laughs> well, we had the, well, we had the the dead animals on the side of the road, and in the book, mm. the animals are going crazy when they get close to the apple orchard, and then they end up running into poles and killing themselves. And so now they're getting close to the dome where it's calcifying, and the animals are killed themselves. So I, I think that that's a close enough tie-in to the book, potentially. Mm, I'll give it to you. I still want to see uh, Barbie in jail eating disgusting breakfast cereal and Psycho Junior not just being a, a zombie uh, a fanboy of the queen. No. I still want to see the radioactive apple orchard. That's what I want to see. Well, I do want to see. Who doesn't want to see that, Troy? Who doesn't? Glowing fog. <laughs> That's all I can say. Glowing fog. It would be an epic visual effect that it will. So that is pretty much plan B for this week. We got a ton of listener voicemails, so we want to get right to it this week. We talked enough on the reaction cast last night, and we have to do, of course, the best part of the show, the second best part, the next best part, whatever you want to call it. They're all good times. It's the big Jim quippy liners of the week. Last week, you're going to be shocked, everybody. Going to be shocked. But Big Break actually was the clean victor last week with only 45% of the vote with over 200 votes coming in. Now you're going to ask yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How can something with 45% of the vote win? And remember, last week we had three choices. So 45% of the vote was good enough to have Big Break be the winner. So let's keep it up, Kinship. We got more to do because this week we have our first Big Jim liner. And some of these were actually recommended by you guys, the fans on Twitter. We asked you guys during the day today, you know, which line from Big Jim did you like the best? And 
These were the ones that came out from that conversation. So the first one here is going to be when Hunter and Jim are having a conversation with each other. Anything? I'm writing everything down about halfway through. Safe to say she's not your biggest fan. Yeah, well, feelings mutual. <laughs> what? Me, I'm in a wheelchair listening to a diary while people are trying to kill us. Not exactly pulling one's weight. Look. That recorder and, and those acting files were coded, so that means they're important. I couldn't act it. I'm pretty sure Julia, Nori, and Stringbean couldn't have either. So without you, we don't know what Christine knows. Let's pull on your weight. Thanks, man. I don't get why everyone thinks you're such a giant tool. Shut the hell up and feed my dog. <laughs> Great line there. Hey, and you know what, Hunter? It's not too hard to pull your weight because you're probably, what, all of 100 pounds? Just saying. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's doing good things. We'll, ju- we'll just leave it at that. Hashtag big tool for that first one. Uh, our second one comes uh, just right before that scene when Joe and Nori are looking at the schematic and then Big Jim to give some parenting advice. What the hell is this thing supposed to be anyway? I think these oscillating lines are sound waves. In that cocoon world, I learned how sound can be used as energy. I just don't remember how. Ever hear of a library? I feel these things called books. You read them once in a while, they tend to answer your questions. You want us to go to the library on a mission? Well, if it keeps us one step ahead of Christine, you're damn straight. She said she had a way to bring the dome down. I, I, I didn't believe her. Seeing that thing? I think maybe she was telling the truth. We'll get our stuff and go. Hey, listen, guys. None of those bastards can know we're here, you understand? Yeah. You remember that time, way back in the day, when the dome told those two to kill Big Jim? <laughs> I remember it loud and clear. But you know what's great about hearing those Big Jim liners? Is I can picture him because, you know, now that he's full bore, he's got his booze and he's strutting around in charge. It seems like he's puffing his chest, his chest out more than ever before in these scenes. And can't you just picture him doing that? I absolutely can. And I actually got nervous when when his uh, shirt got cut. I think it was during the fight with Ava. I thought it was going to like rip off like Hulk Hogan because he's just puffing it out so much. (laughs) Epic. (laughs) tear it open it's like i'm here kill your queen baby boy (laughs) oh that's so awesome anyway that is hashtag big books big books so big tool and big books are our big gym liners this week and you can vote of course on clamor that's c-l-a-m-m-r dot com make sure you register for an account and then of course you'll click on the links that we'll send out in the show notes at under the dome radio.com slash 66 and when you click on that link, you can hear those clips yet again. And then just use the thumbs up button in order to give us a vote. And we will go from there and see who wins next week. Uh, my money's on Big Tool just because shut up and feed my dog. <laughs> I'm just glad that Big Jim cares about that dog, even if Barbie goes around kicking it in the head. I know. When Big Jim finds out about that, you know he's going to put a bullet in the Barbie, whether, oh, well, whether he's back or not. Better- Somebody better tell him. 
Oh, man. So, ratings time for Plan B. Uh, I went first last week, so you get the floor there, Sir Wayne. All right. All in all, let's go ahead and rate this episode. I would give it five out of ten cosmic buns in the Evie Bake Oven. Easy Bake Oven. I like it. And the Evie Bake Oven. That's even better. I love it. Well, <laughs> you, you, you take an Easy Bake Oven, and you've got Ava who's kind of got a bun in the oven. That's how you get an Evie bake oven. Gotcha. That, I like it. Very so five cre- out of 10. Very how about creative. You? Very creative. Uh, <laughs> I said eight. I went eight out of 10. Whoa! Charged up interrogations. Whoa. I, eight? I, you know what? This episode, I look at it this way. You know, certain people will tweet online and we tweet during the show. If you don't see me tweeting a lot during the show then it's probably because I'm actually interested in the show. If you see me tweeting a lot, <laughs> then it's probably a good indicator of how good that episode is. And I did not tweet a lot last night, so I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed this episode of Under the Dome. So basically, if you were like a uh, DJ at a club, you'd be Sir Tweet-A-Lot. <laughs> Sir Tweet-A-Lot, there you go. Or something like that. <laughs> and if I'm not tweeting a lot during the episode, well, we won't get into why that is. <sighs> well, anyway, interesting. So that's a, that goes seven, six, that's six and a half. Six and a half out of 10 is the average for Sir Wayne and Sir Troy this week for plan B. And if you guys want to give your cool ratings, like we come up with here, like cosmic buns in the AV bake, uh, I can't even say it, AVA bake oven, (laughs) EV bake oven, or charged up interrogations, you can just go ahead and hand it over to our uh, Facebook page. That's over at facebook.com slash under the dome radio. So go ahead and check that out over there or just tweet us at UTD radio podcast. Please do. Now, of course, there in Chester's Mill, they have this group of people that uh, surprisingly is called the kinship. And the kinship is always in need of help. But the question is, do you have the skills that the kinship needs? Enter lynda.com, lynda.com to the rescue. If you visit lynda.com slash dome, you'll get 10 days of free learning, jumpstart a new skill, master your current craft, whatever you need. That way you can be relaxed in your job security, which will free up the energy to help keep your emotions and your emoticons in check. So if sound waves are what's needed to actually bring the dome down, you're going to have to learn how to make a consistent tone generator. And that's where the course Making Beats in Logic Pro 10 with Dot Bustello comes in. That's right. Dot will help you understand Logic Pro all the way through every facet of basic drum programming and beat making in Logic, including choosing the right drum kit for the beat, recording and arranging and quantizing. That's right. Quantizing. I learned that in a book in a library. Nice. And that's how you're going to be able to make that tone generator you need. She shows off Drummer. It's the intelligent drum feature for creating beats automatically in Logic. And then she moves on to Ultra Beat, Logic's built-in drum machine, and shows you how to step up sequences, design your own sounds, and use your own samples. In just four hours, you'll be ready to create the Tome Tone Generator device that may, in fact, just save us all. Lynda.com slash dome. They will give you access to over 3,000 video courses like the one Troy told you all about by Dot. They are taught by all sorts of expert teachers, and you can watch them and learn on any device you want, even a Microsoft Surface tablet. Most importantly, citizens of Chester's Mill, Kinship, 
You can even watch them offline with an annual premium membership, which is good because Acteon and whoever else is really in charge around here, they're going to get rid of the internet as soon as they figure out how to do it. So start your 10-day learning journey at lynda.com slash dome. That's lynda.com slash dome. Try it totally free today. And with that, we go into the best part, the next best part, the awesomest best part of the show. That's right. The chance we get to talk to all of you, as Big Jim reminds us, we're all in this together. And this week, we are going on location with our friend we've heard back in the season opener. That's Mr. Jason from Minnesota. He called in at plus one nine zero four four six nine seven four six nine. Take it away, Jason. Troy, Wayne, good to see you guys. It's Jason Bryan from the Mad Talk Podcast Network here at MadTalkOnline.com. And I'm finally back home to watch some Dome in real time as I've been traveling to some wonderful places like uh, Fargo, North Dakota and flying over Green Bay, Wisconsin, because uh, you don't really want to go to Green Bay for anything, especially not that over-glorified high school football field you guys call Lambeau. Anyway... Back to real time. Had a chance to sit down and watch uh, this past episode with uh, with my bride. We got the kid to bed early, and trust me, that's that's not easy. So anyway, here's some key takeaways and some questions I have for you experts on this because I know that um, Wayne is preparing to move to Utah because of this whole thing. He's going to live next door to the new set. By the way, good news break on that. I've been fending off everything I can uh, in, in in regards to the podcast here, so I do not spoil anything because I had to watch four episodes with uh, to get back to time. So anyway, I'm questioning the dog. You guys have touched on this. That thing should have been roasted the moment they found it. I'm sorry. If there's a food shortage, you know what? I love animals. I love dogs. But it's, you know, eat or be eaten case. I mean, it's not quite like uh, that whole, you know, World War Z, whatever. But uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, uh, Mutt, uh, you're, you're going to be on a spit before you knew it and feeding at least a couple people. So why is the dog? I, the dog is somebody. That's why they haven't eaten the thing yet. Uh, secondly, it's, it's almost a little Star Trek-ish. Uh, maybe not because I'm not a Trekkie. But uh, interestingly enough that uh, only people who have been in, in five episodes or more with speaking roles uh, are allowed not to be drones. Yeah. Um, basically... Everybody that's not a drone has been a some sort of lead character and or at least a a high returning secondary character and uh, they all have the ability to like be subversive and like fake it. Uh yeah, these kids that are going like like the end of the invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, the uh, all extras, sorry. All you have to do with this acting job, son, uh, you're going to be an extra here under the dome. You're just going to turn point and have your mouth open. If you can whistle, that's a plus. Uh, secondly, in the preview for next episode, who knew Chester's mill was full of skanks? I mean, it's pretty obvious why, why, why Barbie and Maxine had such a run on this town in seasons one and two. And of course, in season zero, which there was like, basically, uh, if there was a, a prequel to this, we could see, uh, Barbie and Maxine basically, uh, running an entire brothel at a Chester's mill, much like we had the, uh, the meth in season one with all the propane, uh, this one was troubling to me because I think the medical profession is really missing out on this because that super whatever you want to call it that uh, that Junior's packing and that helps Christine get better 
basically, this stuff can heal a festering staph infection. Bottle that crap up, sell it in a tube. It's a gold mine. I mean, if it can heal an alien's open wound staph infection, who knows what this thing could heal? I mean, they're really missing out here. Uh, another thing I learned uh, that aliens have total kick-ass pregnancy tests. I mean, you don't have to, to you know, pee in anything, pee in a stick, look for a plus or one line or two. It's one day, it's 100% accurate, and it glows purple. Done. Nice job, aliens. Uh, now, being a podcast nerd, I'm sure you guys have probably wondered the same thing. Uh, I might have missed this on a previous show, but when did Roland uh, bring uh, 128 encryption to its Roland RO5? I'm, in, I'm looking at my RO5 right now, and I don't see anything that has password. And I surely know that there's... Oh, wait. You've got to crack the password. All i got to do is pull this little flap and see if I can. you can hear this. That's a click. Yep. Uh, there's the SD card. You've got like a Dell Tough Book or whatever it is, Hunter. Come on, dude. You don't need to crack something that doesn't really isn't software based. Uh, yeah. Just eject the sound, eject the SD card, play it in your little tube, and uh, transcribe away. Matter of fact, uh, we know somebody from show notes on that. Lastly, I'm just going to say this Has anyone on this show gone to the bathroom in the last three weeks? Anyone? Where does it all go? Where? Maybe that's why they haven't gone to the bathroom. It's the world's biggest dome of constipated people. Maybe that's why they're buying into this kinship. They've really got to take a dump, and these are the only people that are making them able to take a dump. Uh, Speaking of thinking about taking dumps, I'm just going to go think about Lambo now because, uh, anyway, I'll let that go. That's for another podcast, gentlemen. Wayne, Troy, good to see you guys. Jason. Brian party on dome. Oh no, he didn't. Yes, Lambo field, the crown jewel of the NFL. Wow. There's a lot there. <laughs> no, he covered everything. Jason, it is great to hear from you. Even if we haven't turned you into a fan of a real football team, like the 13 time, 13 time NFL champion, green Bay Packers. Oh my goodness. I hope PETA did not hear his comments about the dog. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just going to read my notes that I took during the, the call. I literally wrote down, dog, it's what's for dinner. <laughs> oh, I was like, man. Or Indy. I was like, come on. It's like they're, they're, there's dead animals on the side of the road. You can just get them and cook them and disinfect them or whatever you have to do. You don't need to eat the dog. Come on. That's not cool, <laughs> man. Not cool. And then, of course... I love the fact that he also refers to the Star Trek drones as red shirts. Yes, they are. Because if you don't have a speaking part, that's exactly what you are. Dead next week. <laughs> oh, man, Troy. Well, Jason, your description of how the casting call might go for hiring these actors was brilliant. Uh, <gasps> and then I, re- I really love the fact that he actually had a great, again, I, I think they need to come talk to the fans and us about how to write for the show because... I would really love to see in season four the backstory of the Maxine and Barbie brothel business. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's if they move the show back to Showtime where I don't get to see it. That's true. That's true. Or if they don't want to do that angle, then they could go back to oxytocin being the drug story instead of the propane. Oh, yeah. They've moved way on beyond uh, meth and whatever else Big Jim might have been making up. This whole oxytocin, like Jason very well put. Put it in a tube. And I have to say, I didn't actually think of this myself because I do have a Roland RO5 sitting in front of me as we record the podcast. But yeah, Hunter, why didn't you just eject the SD card and throw it in the laptop and get it done twice as fast? 
you know, there is a better processor in that sucker. I have a feeling that Hunter is trying to pull the wool over the eyes of Big Jim and the others. Like, yeah, I'm this super hacker. Yeah, I found out how to rewind the audio on this after I hacked the password. Oh, oh boy. And then, of course, the biggest question of all that we've all been trying to ask for three seasons. Where do they take a dump? <laughs> oh, that's so my, great. I love oh it. My. I love it. So good. So good. Thank you so much, Jason, for sending that in. Under the dome radio.com slash feedback is where you can send in a recording of your own voice, just like Jason did there. Uh, next up, where should we go next? Uh, let's go with Krista. Krista from Okinawa. Take it away. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Troy. This is Krista again calling from Okinawa. Uh, first, Wayne, I want to say kudos to you for accurately predicting that Barbie actually was one of the Borg. I thought he was just pretending, but I was wrong. So I guess I'd better stop making any more predictions. So, uh, But allow me to make some comments about this uh, episode that just aired, Plan B. Um, one thing that I noticed that I thought got a big kick out of it, it seemed like Jim had so many one-liners. matter of fact, I started to write them all down. I think I got to six before I finally stopped. I had planned to do one of those uh, David Letterman top ten lists, you know, and go backwards from ten. But I, in the interest of time, I'll just tell you what my number one line from uh, Big Jim during this episode you may remember he had that fight with uh, with Eva, and during the fight, Eva, you know, exclaimed something to the effect of, uh, oh, you're just an old man, and I'm fighting for two, and that's when he grabbed her and slammed her against the wall, and I know that probably bothered you guys, but don't forget, that's not Eva the woman, that's Eva the strong, very fast alien, so, uh, but then after he did that, Jim said, that's what you get for calling me old. So I thought that was a great line. There are a couple other great lines, but uh, I'll stick with that one. Um, the other thing I wanted to comment about was the um, the baby in the barn scene. That was interesting. When I did a couple of watches on this one, but on the first watch, um, when the uh, barn door opened and uh, then you see the, all these young ladies dressed in white holding their candles, I remember thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I think they're about to sacrifice the 12 virgins to the volcano god. Um, that's usually when you see women in white hand, holding little candles. And uh, then uh, when Junior commented about how he saw Charlotte in the group, and Christine turned to Junior and said, I promise you she won't feel a thing. I thought to myself, Junior, I think she's going to feel a thing here. So just saying, I'm just curious to see what's going to become of those 12 young beauties in the barn. Um, moving on probably to the most powerful part of this episode for me, I think the part that I really felt like uh, this was a true drama series, and that was the exchange between Bar Barbie and Julia that occurred over several commercial breaks. Um, you know, Barbie said some really mean things to Julia, but um, I really felt like they needed to be said because those were things that we had been saying over, you know, the past several weeks. In fact, we've been saying this from the very beginning of the show, which basically, and I quote, who hooks up with a guy who kills her husband? Um, but, you know, he didn't stop there. He went on to tell her that she was desperate for a man, any man who will pay more attention to her than the track, that she was nothing more than comfort food. I swear, those words, were they were biting. They were like nods. Um, but, you know, despite all of that, she continued with that, oh, no, Barbie, I know that's not the real Barbie. And uh, that, that, that 
that bothered me. I guess I wasn't happy with uh, with that dialogue. I'm not uh, wasn't happy with that that you know the the woman, the wide eyed, blinded for love kind of demeanor over the guy you just met three weeks ago while you were married. That that just that's just not an attractive demeanor for me. So I wasn't comfortable with that. And then to you know at the end you know now Barbie has her gun at her head and. Then her tears fall and his heart melts. That kind of um, ending, I don't know, that just doesn't work work for me. Um, I don't mind the girl getting the guy, but not by crying. And then finally, in conclusion, I um, wanted to make a comment um, while I'm on these gender issues. wanted to make a comment about the title, Plan B. And um, maybe it's because I'm a woman, but um, when I saw that title, and since I had some ideas to what this episode was going to be about, uh, when I saw Plan B, the first thing I thought of was the morning after pill, which is, by the way, is called Plan B. So I'm going to ask you two, Wayne and Troy, as you reflect back over the entire show with that in mind, isn't that, doesn't that kind of fit for you, Plan B? Um, and maybe it was just a coincidence, but to me it seemed like a, just a brilliant double entendre. So um, anyway, as Wayne, you asked what was Jim's uh, Plan B? He said it. No mommy, no daddy, no baby. Anyway, that's it for me. Krista from Okinawa. I'm signing off now. Mataraishu, which means see you next week. Good night. Very well said, and thank you so much for calling in. Krista in Okinawa bringing up great things from a totally different point of view. And she brought up something I can't believe we have not yet, under the dome, seen a volcano. I'm all about a volcano. We can get Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan and get Joe to toss orange soda and all that jazz. That's a great movie. I like that movie. Exactly. Oh, and the fact that maybe all 12 of those young ladies might end up being sacrificed. What do you think? Well, props to Krista because I didn't actually count them. I was just blinded by the whiteness. It's like, can we can we get away from the white light blinding stuff? We've done that enough on this show already. And, so, and a lot of candles. Yeah. And so the fact that they actually have focused in on it and that they've actually had this conversation about, oh, don't worry, she won't feel a thing, just tells you sacrifice is coming 100%. All 12, that'd be an awesome bloodbath and would fit with Under the Dome, but hopefully it's not all 12 <laughs> of them. Because remember, Junior has to have lots of mates. So oh, we need to my. make sure that some of these girls are around for Junior to hang, hook up with, right? Oh, no, we don't. I don't know. I And, you know, I'm not rooting for violence for violence sake. It's just the these characters, the way they're written, they're, you know, all the characters, even in the book, most of them are very annoying, but in a different way than on the TV show. And almost everybody perished in the book, so... That's that's my reason for wanting everybody to perish, except for Big Jim, him and Indy to stand victorious at the end of the day. <laughs> now, and I can't believe that I was so duped by this. Thank you so much for pointing this out, Krista. This might actually earn you the Under the Dome Radio DJ of the Week because I never made the connection. Plan B, contraceptive morning after pill versus plan B in the title of a different plan to take down, you know, whatever's happening with Christine and Ava. Uh, yeah, good catch. Good catch. That is totally something that we should probably make sure is instituted into Ava before it gets too far and Queen Queen Baby Mama comes out. Oh, Queen Queen Baby Mama drama something, something, something. 
And Krista, you brought up great points about the point of view of, you know, how Julia, I think it was even mentioned an episode or two ago on the podcast that Julia is supposed to be a strong, independent woman and, and just her tears and the kiss is what won her Barbie back. The, the real true Barbie. Uh, well, you, hmm. could, you could say that, though, because she was convicted in her feelings that she is still a strong woman, right? She knows what she wants. She goes after what she wants. She doesn't give up until she gets what she wants, which in this case is Barbie to come back to her. So in that case, it also does show strength in her character as a woman to be determined and know exactly what she wants and go get it. So it, it could be looked at both ways. I don't know. I'm still going with what I said earlier. I uh, kind of alluded to it that I think this season could have been even more interesting if it weren't folks' um, emotions that were able to save them. If instead it was emoticons that could save humanity. Could you imagine? Oh, I was just thinking it would be thumb wrestling because that'd be fun too. <laughs> thumb wrestling and emoticons and if you just, battling to the death. And if you can't win, you just yank them right out the window. And then you, exactly. just, you just blame it on the kinship problems when the leader's not there. Nobody will ever know the difference. Oh. Wow. Two down and so much more to do. This is so fun and exciting. I love it. This is good stuff. I, I cannot believe, or actually I can believe all the great things that the Under the Dome radio listening community is able to catch that we don't. I love it. All right. Well, here's one from an unknown caller. Let's see what this one has to say. I was going to say, on the last episode, you were speculating as to what type of alien Sam was since he had supposedly received a transfusion of Christine's blood. But what I recall is that toward the end of the episode entitled Breaking Point, Christine revealed that she had actually given him his own blood back. So there would have only been a placebo effect rather than anything truly physiological. Well, she did give his own blood back to him, but it was mixed with some of hers. Was it not? I swore it was. Or did she lie and just say she gave him his own blood back? Oh, so you think it's you think becoming an alien is actually tied specifically into mind games rather than something actually physical happening? It could be most anything. I love the voicemail because I didn't catch any of that even happening in the episode. But with that being said, it could be anything on Under the Dome. It could be the blood. It could be the emoticons. It could be the, it could be the uh, eggs. That it could. That it could. Well, we had an email from Alan. Alan wrote in and said, I find it sad that the most consistent piece of continuity is that the Prius is always clean. Especially, <laughs> this, especially this week, Alan. Did you see how the sun kind of like reflected off of the uh, Toyota logo there <laughs> as Joe and Nori pulled away? It was incredible. Uh, I also liked in the preview for next week when Christine says, I promise she won't feel a thing. Having this baby trapped under a dome requires sacrifice. I think she means 12 sacrifices. Those girls in white don't have to worry about the dome calcifying and being suffocated because I predict they won't live long enough. Alan. So he's right in line with, uh, with uh, Krista. Oh, my goodness. And I didn't think of that either, Troy. I, I didn't think to count. <laughs> So everybody counted, and we were just like, whoa, that's a lot of women for Junior. Well, I was just thinking that there's a lot of candles. There's a lot of white flammable nightgowns. 
that there's something bad's going to happen. I, it could be any one of a hundred different things and it's all going to be creepy. And let's not forget that we're talking about having the baby in a barn. There's no symbolism mm. there at all. Is there that they're trying to showcase for us? Oh, I hope not. I hope not either. <laughs> so great voicemail. Thanks so much, Alan, for writing that in. Next up, one, Mr. Hank Davis from the TPE Network. Take it away, Hank. Hi, guys. This is Hank Davis from Falling Skies Fan Podcast, located at tpenetwork.com. And I'm also your resident star child expert. I charge $500 per hour consulting fee, minimum one hour build. So here's my expert analysis. We have a predestined baby that needs to be born. We have a confused mother that doesn't understand how special her child is. We have an accelerated pregnancy. Throw in a gratuitous failed assassination attempt on the baby's mother. We have one brainwashed slash reluctant slash skeptical parent. I think Barbie fits that role. And then, of course, we have the potentially awkward cult-like birthing situation. I thought it was just going to be my OBGYN. Nah, we brought the whole crew. And lastly, we have the hybrid child who will be stronger and grow up quicker than just a plain old human being. So, yep, you guys have a full-fledged star child on your hands. That'll be $500. I believe that Ava's going to bite the dust before the conclusion of this season, leaving Barbie and Julia to parent this unique offspring that many people are either going to A, want to follow, or B, want to kill. So it should set up some interesting stuff should there be another season of this show. And since they're introducing a star child, I'm kind of hoping they won't have another season of this show. But in all seriousness, guys, I loved the smirk on Junior's face when Christine told him he'd have many mates. And I wonder if that was planned, if he was supposed to do that smirk, or if he was about to crack up right after they would have cut the scene because it looked like he was about to start laughing. And then I was going to say you guys weren't too keen on the Barbie and Julia, but Troy seemed to be a little more into it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was a nice ending. The character of Julia has just grown on me because for whatever reason, she is just all in on this guy that she just met. At first, I was like, wow, you're insane. You know, he killed your husband and you've overlooked a lot of stuff. A lot of the warning signals, as they say. But I've noticed that I've just started rooting for her character and for her to finally get through to him, I thought was really good for her character. So that was cool. But I had a fun time watching this episode. Not too big into the baby stuff, but it is Amblin Entertainment. And they know how to do star children right. So they should follow the trope. Guys, thanks so much for this great podcast. I listen to both shows every week. Thank Hank Davis, thank you so very, very much. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, the check's in the mail for the $500. He was able to, with his very scientific methods, prove beyond a shadow of the doubt, yes, we have a starch elf baby on our hands. <laughs> Ding! Yes. And for those of you that are fans of the podcast for a long-running period of time, you shall recognize those dings from the season one finale uh, fan feedback that Mr. Davis sent in when he had all of his egg jokes. So you can go back and check out that one <laughs> from back in season one. 
That's a good voicemail as well. Uh, Julia and Barbie having to raise the star child because Ava dies. I like the idea of Ava dying, but why would <laughs> Julian Barbie raise the child? Wouldn't they just take it out? Oh, what's Barbie supposed to kill his own child, his own offspring? Why not? Spawn. Isn't that, why not? <laughs> isn't, that exa- isn't that exactly what a certain character in a certain long-running Stephen King novel series had to do also? True. This is nowhere near that, but... That's a great point, Hank, that you bring it up. I did not even think that that could be a possible option. I mean, either way, it's going to be an awkward family situation. Might even be, oh, a little bit troubled. But uh, and it, let's put it this way. As quickly as that baby is going to grow, they're not going to have to raise it for very long, even if they do raise it. I got it. That's how it ends. The baby's born, but it continues to grow, and it grows so big that it just shatters the dome. The end. Uh, you were supposed to save that for the spoiler section. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> it would be kind of funny, though. <laughs> yes, There's it still would. room in here, Mommy. <laughs> I can't and, get out. And Hank's kind of rooting for Julia as well. Yes. Wise men group together, Wayne. <laughs> like we said, you are a tool. Oh, man. And, <laughs> you know, Hank's worth every cent of that $500. Uh, we oh. appreciate it. That's for oh. sure. That was epic. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Still got more to come. Let's go to, oh, let's go to Chester Mills. That's right. Uh, Apparently, he liked this episode, too, because he kept his name intact. Let's go ahead and see what Chester has to say. Troy, Wayne, this is Chester Mills. Yeah, I was going to change my name because I'm kind of ashamed of my namesake. Uh, but I didn't change my name because my wife felt uncomfortable being married to a guy named Caitlin. So it's still Chester Mills. And last night's episode was probably just as painful as any of the others before it. Um, you know, more of the telephone game, I feel like. Uh, they they made George Lucas look like a, a brilliant storyteller. <laughs> uh, I made myself laugh. That's great. Um, gosh, a few thoughts. Um Man, I was really disappointed. I was hoping that in that final scene that Big Jim would sneak up and shoot Barbie in the back of the head and then go straight through and shoot Julie in the head. Is that violent? That's terribly violent. Well, it sounds horrible. It does sound horrible. Oh, my gosh. I'm a horrible person. Uh, but but they're horrible characters. Oh, my gosh. I'd had enough. I mean, they used to be two of my favorite characters, Barbie and uh, Julia. But now it's just shut up. Just shut up. And then... Um, you know, I don't know what's going on with Christine. I think that this whole dome thing and all this, you know, stuff is a ruse so she can just get a little action. You know what I'm saying? I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. Anyway, I, I don't know, man. I mean, she's like, you know, still the uh, Christine Cougar, you know. And um, I, I just don't even know. It's almost an Independence Day feel, you know, like, oh, these people are coming from other planets, these aliens, you know, to take over the world because their homeland is, is dying or whatever, or, or maybe Transformers. I don't know. It's all there. Speaking of 80s stuff, uh, props to Troy, man, for bringing up G.I. Joe. Um, yeah, I'm a big G.I. Joe fan. Love to hear that. Awesome, man. Another 80s child. Love it. Um Matter of fact, I did get a Twitter handle. It's J.K. Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, 788. 
Uh, that's at J.K. Griffin 788. If you're a G.I. Joe fan, you might know what the 788 stands for. Um, anyways, um, Eva, uh, you know, knocked up now. That's cool. Um, is she going to have to feast on those virgins? I mean, and are they virgins? I mean, if Chester's Mill uh, is like my hometown, uh, chances are they aren't virgins. Anyway, that's a different story, too. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just keep tuning in. Uh, you know, to see what happens. But last night's episode, I fell asleep like twice or three times and had to keep rewinding. Uh, oh, got my Prius. Um, haven't been able to save anybody in it yet. Um, it's not even that fast. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'll just keep watching. Just hoping that there's some resolution. Hoping that something uh, happens that ties everything together and makes me feel like I've, you know, spent several hours of my life um, doing something good. I don't know. Have fun, guys. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Chester, oh my goodness, that was amazing. Um, I like how you started out because on the episode, the phrase was used that this won't hurt. However, Chester found this episode painful, Troy. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to get more painful, unfortunately, for him if he's like following around those 12 virgins or whatever with the star child because the sacrifice is coming and it must be made. So just be careful, Chester. We don't want you to get hurt next week, too. <laughs> be safe, no matter what speed your automobile is able to go. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally, like, not be able to get this right. But I believe that 788 from G.I. Joe had to do something with uh, Cobra or the Baroness. So you'll have to let me know, uh, Chester, if I got that right. Because I know there's a whole bunch of G.I. Joe groups on Facebook and stuff call, them, call themselves the Fighting 788th. Or the 788th Armored Division. So there you go. That's that's the most I remember. It's been a while. I'll have to go back and watch G.I. Joe on Netflix or Amazon. Amazon, of course, because they pay for everything, I guess. <laughs> They'll pay for anything and everything. Oh, man. And Chester actually called us back. He had some additional things to say. I forgot to mention, and uh, I think Troy will appreciate this, that um, those 80s Sunbow G.I. Joe cartoons, they were written better than Under the Dome. That is all. This is Chester Mills. Until maybe next week. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. <laughs> Yo, oh, Chester, thanks. Awesome. Yo, Joe. That's great. <laughs> uh, favorite 80s cartoon. Go. What was your favorite, uh, Wayne? Favorite? I, I can't. You know, because cartoons, animated features are usually so timeless that all the decades of the cartoons kind of go together. I mean, I mostly remember cartoons from the 70s and gosh, best. Do you mean best one or favorite? Whatever. If you could watch one right now, what would you watch? Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Okay. You're trapped under the dome. You got nothing else. You got a little bit of solar power. Thanks to Joe. You're going to watch Scooby-Doo. Yes, I am. All right. I, I enjoyed Transformers, to be quite honest. Transformers, I thought had a good good run. I, I I might even go Voltron. Voltron was actually really good as well. Uh, there's more than meets the eye. There is Transformers. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> One voicemail left this evening, and I'm sure you all can guess who's checking in. Trapped for three weeks. Let's check in and see how Aaron is doing now. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. No, I can't. I can't go downtown. You know why? 
why I can't go downtown. Because I'm stuck out here! And I've been stuck for a month! Nobody's found me! You'd think I crashed in the United States of America that somebody would find me. But no! I guess it's impossible to find me where I am. Yeah, you know what's not impossible? To get electricity on my own out here, because I've done that. Here's what I did this week. I took a wheel from the plane, I put it down in a river that I found, put some little flaps on it, I hooked it up to a little thing that spun a gear, because the water pushed the wheel, it spun the wheel, spun the axle, spun a little thing, charged up my batteries. I'm a genius! But nobody can find me. Yeah, I can figure out Thomas Edison, Tesla stuff, but nobody can find me in the United States. I found these natives. They're weird, but we got a bocce ball tournament going on, and I, that's pretty fun. We made up our own little course. It's cool. It's great that they knew how to play, too. They even, they've been nice. They tried to feed me these weird-looking eggs, and it tasted all right, but it looks kind of weird, so I don't know if it... If it... If... Mmm, okay. Maybe that egg didn't go down right. Uh, it looked okay. Okay. It looked okay. It didn't look. Okay, I gotta hurry up with this. It didn't look rotten, but oh, it is not settling. Here's the thing. I, I guess love's near again. Barbie's back. Really disappointed over Sam. He's part of the kinship. Oh, I do not feel good. I gotta go. I mentioned the natives, though. They found they they helped me. They gave me this little number to write down. I don't know what it meant until I stumbled upon this weird looking like hatch thing. It's got a door on it now. It's got a keypad, and I gotta enter the code. So I was like, "Oh, the nat the 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 natives." The native's code. Maybe I can try it in the pin pad here. Let's see. Four. Eight. Lost numbers. 42. What the heck? Oh, Aaron, don't leave us hanging. I love a good cliffhanger. We, Troy, we need to assemble a search and rescue party. We got to help our friend. That's right. He was on his way to Toronto, he said. So my guess is Upper Peninsula of Michigan, maybe. D depending on the rotation of the earth and the inverted converters. And we have to find him no matter what links we need to go to. I mean, he's talking about some really bad eggs and I... I assume you're not supposed to swallow them whole. That could be part of the problem. But uh, once he's over those, they, he has charged up batteries, which is a skill. You know, I don't know if they're car batteries or not, but you can also play bocce ball. So I just need to find out what he just found. He got cut off so drastically. I'm a little worried. We need to help him. Well, I was up in the UP last year, actually. So I guess all I can say is uh, we have to go back. We have to go back. We have to go back, Troy. We we have to. Absolutely. And I'm sure we will see more lost references for these last four episodes if things are looking the way I think they are. I am positive we're going to.
Aaron, great of you to send that in, even under distress of various types. We greatly appreciate it. And we're going to come get you, Aaron. We're going to come get you. And I, I have to point this out. I actually did the math on the podcast. This is the 35th episode of the TV show Under the Dome, which means if it is supposed to be one day per episode, we're in week five, people. Week five. That's something's, crazy. Something's gone awry because uh, Big Jim's voiceover at the beginning still says it's been three weeks. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to change to be. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> it's It's been an indeterminate amount of time in Chester's Mill. Oh my gosh, it's getting so crazy under here. We lost count how many weeks it's been. Someone come rescue us. Uh, time moves differently here. That they do. Long days and pleasant nights, Aaron Arnett. And if you want to be here on the podcast, all you have to do is call plus one nine zero four four six nine seven four six nine or head on over to underthedomeradio.com slash feedback and all of the details are there. Honorary Under the Dome DJ this week. I, I'm going to have to give it to my vote is for Jason. I like Jason's voicemail. I thought that was pretty funny with the uh, where, do, where does everybody poop? Because everybody poops. That's what the book says. Well, I, that is definitely a solid choice for an Under the Dome Radio honorary guest DJ of the week. It was a very close one, though, because so many great things brought up by everybody that called in and sent in emails. But I'll go with you, Sir Troy, Jason Bryant. Congratulations, and go Pack Go. And it just ties right into what he said at the opening voicemail of the season. What the deuce. (laughs) Yes. I was shocked to hear that voicemail. That was like, wow. (laughs) And of course, we'll have uh, Jason's Twitter on the show notes under the domeradio.com slash 66. And uh, next early July, be sure to go to Podcast Movement in your hometown, your current hometown of Chicago, Illinois. Jason may be there and can finally tell us what he found out. Oh, my goodness. Such great listener feedback. Well, it's now time for the investigative report. We got some semi-spoilery stuff coming up next. So if you want to avoid the big news that we found out, which I don't think matters either way. (laughs) You you can skip ahead or just join us next week. Either way, subscribe to Under the Dome Radio. Join us in the social sphere. All the details are at underthedomeradio.com slash 66. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. This is an Under the Dome Radio investigative report. Nina Tassler, right? Chairman, CBS, why, oh, why, oh, why would you tell everybody in the entire world how the season is going to end? Ladies and gentlemen, before we talk about next week, the big news that Nina Tassler shared. Are you sitting down? Because I, I am sitting down. And even with this news, let me preface it by saying uh, I'm not surprised. This should come as no shock to anybody, I would hope. Because we've already seen it happen once this season. That's right. Nina said at the end of the season, the dome is coming down. I was like, holy crap. Did she just say that? (laughs) Ruined it for me, will you? Jeez, I'm done. I'm not going to watch the show the rest of the season now. It's it's over. It's ruined. I can't handle the spoilers. 
It's all a matter of, is it really going to come down? Is it just in their minds yet again? Are they going back to that well? Uh, is it just an illusion that it's even there in the first place? Now, that ah. that would be funny. It was a projection of the apocalypse, and it, really the dome's just been a projection the whole time. And there's just been strategically placed brick walls to make them think that they were in a dome. They just couldn't see them when they ran into them. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. Well, and here's the sad part, though, because she said, because the dome is coming down... That opens up a host of other storytelling opportunities. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Especially when your show is called Under the Dome. That's right. Season four. <laughs> Maybe what happens is, is they eradicate Chester's Mill and save everybody from the alien invasion. And then we do get our multiple dome story and everybody has to relocate to Utah in order to find the new dome. And these guys have to break in somehow through some red hand painted door in order to get people out of that dome away from the aliens. Big Jim and Julia and Barbie become like a militia <laughs> and save other domes across the world. Anything is possible. And like our guest DJ of the week, Jason Bryant suggested, <laughs> he says, Wayne's moving back to Utah. <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So cool. Well, anyways, next week, Eric LaSalle. Yes. Directed this week. Next week, we get to see him in person because Hector Martin joins the cast. Finally, the evil head of Acteon is now teaming up with Big Jim and company as the town resistance joins forces with an unlikely ally in the war to bring down Christine. Thursday, August 20th on Under the Dome, entitled Legacy. The resistance, the citizens not under Christine's control, join forces with Hector Martin, the nefarious head of Acteon. Despite Hector revealing more about the dome's origins and helping to strike back at it, Big Jim and Julia still worry he will betray them. Meanwhile, Hunter receives encrypted files that give disturbing insights into the final effect the dome will have on all the affected townspeople on Under the Dome, Thursday, August 20th at 10 Eastern and Pacific, 9 Central on the CBS television network. And unfortunately, Wayne, I have some bad news. Again with the bad news? Yes. I mean, you already told me that we... Never mind. Well, <laughs> What's Meg, the bad news this time? Well, we got some some good news, right? Megan will be back playing Harriet. That's nice. And then we have a few other additions. We have Paul McCrane playing Patrick Walters, Ali McCulloch playing Dava Bloom. We have Vince Foster playing Kyle, Roger Floyd playing Vince Foster. Uh, Hannah is playing Charlotte, and Shane Callahan is playing Roger Lopez. So there's a lot of named actors in the guest cast for next week. I think that's important to keep an eye on who all these people are. But the one I want to point out specifically, yes, Gia Mantegna. Yes, Lily Walters will be back. No crud. Accompanying Hector Martin into the dome through the portal in Chester's Mill. Oh. Sorry, Wayne. No, that, that is bad news. That is, that's unfortunate. Now, in all seriousness, I, I know you mentioned, you know, it's Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. However, as many Under the Dome viewers learned this past week, with it being preseason NFL football season, and they play a lot of games on Thursday nights, just double-check your DVRs sometime during the day on Thursday just to make sure. And, you know, pad an extra 10, 15 minutes, if nothing else, because I know a lot of people Under the Dome came on at all sorts of wacky times yeah, this past week. One fan said it came out at like three o'clock in the morning. Who's, yeah. Who's watching TV at three o'clock in the morning? Besides, why are you preempting my juicing commercial infomercial for the dome? I want to see the juicing going on. 
or some George Foreman cooking at three o'clock in the morning. I'm hungry. Oh, George Foreman rocks at three in the morning on TV. So I definitely just need to forewarn you Thursdays. It was awfully wacky last night when it aired. So just keep an eye on things. We don't want you to miss out, especially if you have some thoughts and theories you want to share for next week's episode. We want you to be able to see it and give us a call or visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. And if you do miss it, remember that you could check it out on cbs.com the next morning. You do need to be at your computer to watch that unless you pay for CBS All Access to get it on your mobile device. Or you can wait till Monday, and on Monday morning, you'll be able to see it on Amazon Prime Instant if you are a Prime subscriber. So again, different ways to see the Dome because like we said, we don't care about the ratings live. Just watch it seven days later so you're part of the 8 million that do keep the show on the air. Fair enough, Troy. Fair enough. But with that, we just want to say thanks to all of you for subscribing to the show over the past few seasons. But the fun is not over yet. We got four more people, four more shows to go this season. So keep those five pink star ratings and reviews coming in iTunes. You can pause the show right now. Just jump on over, give us a quick one, and then come on back. Or go visit underthedomeradio.com slash iTunes if you're on your computer when you have a chance. Please, please do. And now that you've unpaused after leaving that review, welcome back. Wayne here. Season three is rolling on for a number of episodes left, but uh, we still could use your propane deliveries. Go to underthedomeradio.com and look on the right-hand sidebar. We will still be forwarding the monies raised through the propane donations to help save Ben. And I do want to mention, you know, I've ragged on some of the episodes of Under the Dome this season. I know, but that's how I feel. However, I do seriously, absolutely love and cherish the fact that you listen to Under the Dome Radio and you join in with Troy and I. And Troy, thanks for being a part of this adventure. The fact that Troy and you listeners are part of Under the Dome Radio, that's the reason we love doing the show. This is fun stuff to talk about, no matter what's happening on the TV show. That's true. That's true. Absolutely. And because we love doing this for all of you, we want to hang out with all of you in all of our social areas. So just head on over to underthedomeradio.com. All of our social links are at the top of the page. You can hang out with us on Twitter, hang out with us on Google+, hang out with us on Facebook. Wherever you can find us, we'll be there. We'll interact with you. We want to learn more about our friends in the kinship and make sure that we can have our conversations continue whether or not season four actually happens. So make sure you do that and be sure to subscribe to the podcast Leave a great review wherever you do that as well, because we want to know how much you love our great community here in Chester's Mill. And thanks yet again for taking time out of your day or night to listen to Under the Dome Radio. Share your thoughts and theories for the next episode at underthedomeradio.com slash feedback for all the details. And until next week, I'm at Wayne Henderson. And I am at Troy Heinrichs preparing the right sacrifice next week and ensuring it happens so that we can stay trapped under the dome. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life, laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more, all waiting for you at noodle.mx.